0: So patience and understanding and just trying to always focus on the bigger picture. Don't stress the little things. That's my biggest takeaway because it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. Welcome back to another episode
1: of Positive AF Podcast. I am your host Desde Costa. Thanks so much for joining me. On this episode today, I want to welcome an amazing member of my team at my podcast agency, Positive Cast. She is interning from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, from the Greenspun School of Journalism and Media Studies. She is also a wife and mother of two, sharing her powerful story on how becoming a mother motivated her to face her darkness and heal within. Listen to her inspiring story and how she navigates ADHD, OCD, and balancing physical and mental health. Hey everybody, today I have here joining me Crystal Alvarado. She's a powerhouse interning with my company Positive Cast this spring 2021 semester. Crystal, welcome to Positive AF Podcast.
0: Hi, thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here, excited.
1: Yeah, as as a fellow podcaster, I'm so glad that you could be on the show as well. I think you have a lot of insight to share, um, you know, being a student at UNLV while also being a wife and mother and, you know, having to battle and manage everything else in your life, especially mental health. So I think you have a lot to bring to the table today. So thank you so much for joining me. I want to open up the space because, you know, this is always a great way to open up, but what are you grateful for? What is something you're grateful for today?
0: Today, I am grateful for health. We're still in a pandemic and I am so grateful that I am healthy. My family's healthy and luckily nothing terrible has happened. (laughs) So I'm totally and absolutely grateful for health right now.
1: I can mirror you on that, girl, yes. Um, honestly, you know, we're both younger people, so I don't think I've ever really, you know, I've taken my health for granted sometimes. I don't think I'm gonna do that anymore, for sure. Um, there's, you know, physical health and, and mental and emotional health, and we're gonna dive into those, all those areas that 2020 really brought to light for all of us as well. Um, so apart from being a student at UNLV, a wife and mother, I'd love to learn more about who you are and what's your story.
0: So my, I guess I'll start from the beginning as I'm what you would call free spirit, I guess, but it'll make a little bit more sense. So as a child, I and through my teens, I was the rebellious one. I defied societal standards but I think it's because I was also the youngest one of the family. So I think I was just stereotypical young kid <laughs> and I was, the, I was the most spoiled and I got away with the most. So it didn't help being you know, able to get away with a lot of things. But another key factor is that I dealt with a lot of trauma as a kid, a lot of bad things happened to me. It was out of my parents' hands, out of my hands, bad things just happen. So mixing all of these elements kind of mess with me mentally obviously as a kid and even in my teens I knew there was things there but I didn't want to face them so because obviously when you face them it makes them real and that's not how I dealt with life I just ignored everything ran away from my problems that's just how I lived that's how I lived as a kid that's how I carried on throughout my life but then you fast well I fast forward in my life and I found somebody and I got pregnant. (laughs) And when I had my son, just like many other parents, your world changes and my world completely changed. And I had a new lens on life. I knew that while looking at my little tiny boy, I wanted to be the best mom I could be to him. And I knew I was going to have to face my demons. I was like, I need to be a good mom. I have to heal internally. I have to take care of myself that's what they always tell you take care of yourself first that way you can be the best mom you can be so I could no longer live this surface level running away from my problems a reckless life I was very reckless (laughs) like I was I mean looking back it was good times but I was definitely you know very reckless so Um, it started with a lot of therapy, a lot of professional therapy and through therapy, you know, I I found out I am OCD and I kind of knew I was, but then again, I ignored it. I wasn't going to be somebody that had OCD. I just had, I don't know, little quirks, according to my brain. (laughs) I was not OCD. I just have quirks. I also found out ADHD I have ADHD, which, surprisingly, women or girls don't get diagnosed when they're younger because we tend to mask them differently than boys. Boys are a lot more hyper, and they get diagnosed when they're younger. Girls don't. So it's very common for women when they're older to get diagnosed with ADHD because then you start to see the things the way your brain works, you're like, I can't focus or my brain's popping from thought to thought to thought. I can't finish one thing because I'm busy doing another thing. So it kind of manifests differently in women. So besides all the professional therapy and figuring out all of those (laughs) mental things that I can deal with through therapy and medication, no medication, all that stuff, I knew I had to figure out other ways to heal myself with myself. So I think I kind of fell down the, the line of when you Google something and the secret comes up, that book, The Secret. So I definitely read that book. Yeah, that book. <laughs> and then it kind of turned into The Power of Now, read The Power of Now. And I read those years ago. But I did take away, the one thing I did take away from those two books is living in the now, living in the present, focusing on today because today is what you have or this moment is what you have because you can't control the past that's done. You can learn from it. It did affect you, but you can't focus on that anymore. And I also learned through the journey of different books and different, you know, meeting different people. And when you start to uh, think that way, you start to attract people that way. Right. So I learned also, through different people to live with gratitude. So little things started happening after I had my kid where I had a different lens as far as now I'm living my life in the now. I'm focusing on gratitude. I'm living my life intentionally looking and feeling for the good things versus before when it was pure chaos and I was attracting chaos. I was focusing, oh, this bad thing happened to me when I was a kid, bad things just keep happening to me. That was my mindset, so bad things kept happening, and it's really wild to see how now as you know, an adult with two kids, <laughs> how much your childhood and your teen years and, you know, like, how you really do attract all these things without really knowing. You can't really control it when you're a kid or a teen because you don't really know. You're not very aware of that, which I'm definitely trying to teach my kids to be aware of it, but I can see it now because it's happened in my life. Now I'm surrounded by so much good and so much just amazing things versus when you know the other mindset I had before. So, and I mean, even right now talking to you, like I never thought in my wildest dreams I was gonna be on a podcast or produce a podcast or have these opportunities in my life because I never thought those would happen to me, but they've happened and they're happening. And it's just like, I don't I don't know. <laughs> I just credit the journey that I've been on And up until now, like just learning and being grateful for all those good things that have come to me. I am so
1: grateful that you shared that. And I'm I'm seriously in awe because your story is just, you know, everybody has their own story, but it seems like at the core of it all, at the baseline, a lot of us are the same in these ways. You know, it's it's so funny because The Secret was the very first book that I ever read that made me think twice about like, well, okay, there's something bigger, there's something larger going on here. Not everything is left up to chance or or to fate. And there are some things that I can control. There's like a larger power, you know, outside of me, but also within me. And so that was the first book. And it's funny, because the book that I'm reading now, and that was that was like, maybe 10 years ago, I read that book, the book that I'm reading now is the power of now. And you mentioned both of them. And I'm like, wow, see, the synergy is just like, full circle. um, Because I see how the Yeah, the power of now is just another stepping stone in my personal journey as well. That has allowed me to also realize like, what my mind can do, and how it can trick me into certain things. Um, you know, a lot of my, my battles with like depression and anxiety have been by my mind, you know, almost playing tricks like wanting to live in the past or the future. Um, so I love that you brought those two up. Those two books are very special and, and powerful to me. Um, And whoever's listening, if you're going through something, I totally recommend those books uh, for sure. On my last episode, we even talked about The Power of Now um, (laughs) because it was brought up again. But I want to ask you some questions about kind of what you, you know, your journey and everything that you just mentioned. Um, I love that you sought out professional help and I want to know, like, was there any, like, personal stigma that you had against getting professional help before you went to there like did you have any kind of inner conflicts or was it pretty easy for you to get professional help it was
0: pretty easy for me because it was bad I got so I, I was already dealing with the mental stuff so I I know I was having I had depression and I had anxiety and panic attacks I just wasn't dealing with it I guess I was dealing with it in negative ways, you know, like drinking, partying, ignoring it. But when I had my kid and, you know, like life shifted, it was almost like a cry for help. And I had a valid reason to do it. Before it was like, I guess, growing up in a traditional Hispanic household, you know, mental illness is not a thing. You just deal with things and continue on living. And I guess I lived that way up until I had a child or until I had like a moment of, wait, and it doesn't have to be ignored. You don't have to be scared to reach out. But I guess having my kid was my validity, like to be a good mom, I need to fix this. So I, you know, called all the hotlines because they do give you a lot of different numbers because postpartum depression is a real thing and they want to help you. So I called that number. (laughs) I told my doctor, you know, I went to groups and and i used being a mom as my excuse to get help but in the bigger picture it's like i think i would eventually end up getting help anyways because i needed it i wanted it (laughs) i just needed you know a moment to actually do it yeah
1: i i totally hear you on that like you know it's it's that journey of self-love um i'm grateful that your children were, you know, your catalyst to finding that journey back to self-love quicker than you may have, you know, if you did not have your first child, but um, yeah, definitely really good stepping stone in in that direction. So when you were experiencing OCD and ADHD, what, what kind of um, like symptoms did you experience where you realized like, okay, this is kind of a problem?
0: So my OCD is um, obsessive thoughts about irrational things. I'm talking irrational things that most likely would never happen. And then it got exacerbated when I had a kid. You know, like somebody opening my second story window and stealing my kid. Yes, it's happened to people, but what are the chances of it happening? So I lose sleep, I'm constantly up it affects the next day, it kind of, you know, snowballs into something else. I also have something called dermatillomania, which I've had since I was a very small kid. It's when you pick at your skin pretty much. And as a kid, I was always a nail biter and and a picker. And my parents were just like, you don't bite your nails. I got in trouble for biting my nails. But it's something I always did as a kid. So it's like, looking back, I'm like, have I always had OCD? And I just got exacerbated when I became a mom because I just couldn't ignore it. Or, or I don't know, like, I think that's pretty much it. I think that's my story and why, like how I knew how it all added up when I got diagnosed, it kind of connected everything. And then the ADHD is the OCD kind of stems from the ADHD. So I don't just have one long thought, irrational thought. It's popping all over the place, in my mind. I'm thinking of one thing while thinking of another thing while doing another thing. Well, while... it's exhausting. <laughs> That's why the Adderall that, you know, a lot of people with ADHD get, it, it really does calm you, but it also like gives you a blanket. You can't lift off a really heavy blanket. Like it feels good, But at the same time, you're not you. And if, if if you've been thinking this way your whole life, it kind of feels wrong. So that's my symptoms. It's my thoughts. It's just all over the place. I'm like, I need to do this, but I have to do that. But I can't do it until I get this done. And then I'll start one thing, get halfway through it, jump to another thing. And it's just everything's like halfway done by the end of the day it's wild (laughs) it's a really wild thing to have but obviously through a lot of therapy and a lot of help it's gotten a lot better for me but imagine before it was just my norm it's really crazy once you learn about it and see it with a different lens being educated about it you're like whoa Mm -hmm. that's crazy (laughs)
1: Wow. And, and like you said, especially growing up in a in a Hispanic household, I grew up in, a, in an Asian household where same thing, you know, a lot of it is hush-hush. Don't bring it up. Don't let your relatives know. Don't let your friends don't talk about it like um, it exists because it doesn't exist, like you said, right? And so um, I appreciate you opening up about it because I hope, you know, if there's anybody out there listening right now who is experiencing the same things or similar, or if you've ever wanted to learn more about maybe, you know, if there's something that you can do to help alleviate these things, um, there is help out there. So yeah, I'm really happy that you're able to open up because I'm sure you will perhaps affect somebody else's life. I mean, that's definitely how I first sought out help because, you know, one of my really good friends, she opened up about Her experience about pretty much having depression that leading to anxiety and depression that leading to an anxiety depression and panic attacks and then you know the same thing happened to me and that's I let it get to the worst point though I let it get to that and suicidal attempts Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful and happy to be here today but if it weren't for my friend who opened up to me about the things that she went through, I wouldn't have triggered in my mind, like, okay, hold on, I'm experiencing the same thing that she had, it's time for me to get help, or I am not a one-off case, this happens to people, and I, you know, it's not weird or anything, it's just, it happens, and I just need to take the steps to take care of it, Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's just a part of you know, what we go through. And so I hope, you know, I'm only saying this so that anybody out there who may want to uh, explore help options can get those help.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, we're lucky we live in a time where we can openly talk about this, because obviously, we know, before our generation, and, you know, many others, it was just not dealt with. And, It's just so unhealthy to feel alone in this because it is mental. And that is like the loneliest thing is to feel like you're alone with these issues. And we're not alone. We are one of many, many people out there. And it feels as sad as it is to deal with, you know, a different brain, a different mental. It is comforting to know like, okay, well, at least I'm not alone in this.
1: Yes, I love that you said that. And there are so many things you know, even if it is a, it is a personal journey, you know, but you're not alone. There's a lot of things that you can do yourself to um, kind of self heal, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. So, Krista, I'd like to know, like, what are some ways you stay grounded? Or do you have any self love practices that you do um, that you'd like to share with us?
0: Yes, I work out, I am very into fitness, um, I've always been into fitness. At, as I, I want to say, I was always in dance, some form of dance as a little kid. And then I did soccer and dance team in high school. Like I was always into sports. Then, of course, you get out of school and you're like, okay, what do I do? Because I'm not trying to do this professionally. So, luckily, I met somebody, my husband. He is very into um, heavy lifting, CrossFit, that type of thing. My older brother, he is very into the more nature stuff. He goes on hiking, like these crazy hikes. Like he hikes to the hot springs like every weekend here in Vegas. It's like a yeah. three hour hike or something. Yeah. <laughs> he loves it. And then my oldest sister, she volunteers at the her YNCA and she teaches the seniors how to dance, um, do Zumba or she'll play racquetball. with That's them. So cute. <laughs> yeah, I'm lucky I have these people in my life because then we all help push each other. We all have our Apple Watches. So it's like, oh, my sister finished a workout. I need to get on it. <laughs> That's <laughs> so fun for accountability.
1: So you guys can hook yeah. like, up your Apple Watch so you can see like, hey, did you do your workout
0: today or something like that? Yeah, and it's not really like, we don't um, compete with each other, but well, at least for me, it's kind of like, oh, they finished their workout already. Like, and I haven't even started mine. I need to get going because fitness getting all that energy out helps me mentally too and it does ground me because when you feel like you've um worked towards a goal every day then it just feels good and it you know you've made progress you exhausted yourself in the right ways and it just grounds me I always need to be like working towards something and fitness is something like I think you're always working towards a new goal so it works perfectly for me like right now I'm doing heavy lifting kind of bodybuilding it's totally new for me I've never done this before and it's so awesome (laughs) I love it nice yeah I mean
1: same same story for me like when I was a kid my parents put me in every single seasonal sport And I was always, no matter what, a part of a team or doing something physical activity related. So even like after school, I would not go home and just like play video games. I would go to my, I would go home and get ready for soccer practice or something like that. It was always something. But then after that, and I went to college, it was like, very book heavy, and you know, I wanted to make sure that I graduated and whatnot. So I slowly and slowly became more sedentary, and and today even I'm like, shoot, when was the last time I even worked out? Like it doesn't come mm-hmm. as second nature as I hoped, but that's something that I'm still personally working toward because of also you know my physical and mental and emotional energy gets trapped, like you said. Like I need some kind of release. Um, I do yoga. That's probably the most physical fitness I get, but I know I'm not moving the energy as much as I should. So sometimes I'll go for a run, but that's something I need to be more accountable on that for myself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, fitness, I've gone through a lot of phases, so I was really heavy on HIIT workouts and then I was really heavy on group classes and I was really heavy on you know doing yoga and just doing yoga and I've just you know graduated to weightlifting now so fitness is a really good world to just you know move around and do different things and so yeah I, I see where you're at right now but trust me you'll get there it'll it'll come to you.
1: Yeah, I, I know it will. It's just like, it's also cold. And I find that because of the oh, weather, yeah. I'm just like, okay, I want it, it to warm up a little bit and then I'll go to the park, you know, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what I say on the next episode and how I progress. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, like I know you have a lot of things going on. Obviously, you are also going to school and that's how we connected How do you balance everything? Like, what's one way that you pretty much allow yourself to not get overwhelmed?
0: To not get overwhelmed, I pretty much have to have a schedule with people who have ADHD. their therapist will pretty much tell you, you need to set times for yourself and really live by the the schedule you set. And the most important thing is to not set a schedule that is not attainable. So if something's going to take me, three hours to do. I can't like editing a podcast. It's going to take me two hours. So I can't say I'm going to edit a podcast and I'm going to, you know, read this chapter for my other class. And then I have to go do all of these other things. It has to be an attainable schedule. So that's what I do. I set aside an hour and a half to work out. And even though sometimes I finish before the hour and a half, I have that hour and a half time slot. I'm going to work on whatever for this many hours. So I'm very schedule heavy. And when I don't have that kind of structure, things start to fall apart. And I find myself doing the half, half things where I get half things done here and there. So that's what helps me specifically. Um, I know a lot of people don't live like that. But (laughs) I guess I just personally need that structure to keep my life as organized as it can be.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. I mean, for for myself too, I have um, my Google Calendar. I will live and die by that. Like if somebody wanted to stalk me and know where I'm at at all times, if they ever <laughs> had a um, a hold on my Google Calendar, like they would be able to do some harm. Like I, I live by that for real. Um, because it, yeah, it allows me to keep accountable, stay productive and balance everything without getting, you know, too crazy. Like if I am even going to do something personal, like not business related, I'll schedule that into my calendar mm-hmm. so that I even know like how, how packed am I this week? Um, I also need to schedule times where I do nothing sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like I do the
0: same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like I will literally put you know, day off or I need like this two hours to just like breathe. Um, so yes, yeah, scheduling, super important for me as well. Um, what about like motherhood? Like what are some takeaways or some advice that you could give to other mothers out there?
0: My biggest lesson has been patience and and taking it slow. Like don't just react, which is patience. When your kids spill something growing up, I got in trouble, right? It, yes, it was an accident, but I still got in trouble. And I don't want to put that on my kid because I know how bad that makes. And that made me feel it was an accident. I had, it was an accident. (laughs) So my biggest takeaway in motherhood so far is to just like Let go of those little things, you know, spill accidents or breaking something because it doesn't matter in the big picture. I want my kids to be happy and I want them to be, I want them to have, like, just be solid in their foundation. I also want it to carry on into their adulthood. And I feel like if I'm not the one that's always mad at them for all these little things, but I mean, I will get mad at them for the important things. Obviously, I'm still a parent, but- at least it's, I want them to be able to come to me later in life. I didn't go to my parents with a lot of things because I was scared to get in trouble. So I practice patience every day because obviously I'm a product of my parents. So I do have the moments where I, I, it's just a reaction when they spill or break something or forget something or who knows what, right? All those little things. So patience and understanding and just trying to always focus on the bigger picture. Don't stress the little things. That's my biggest takeaway because it doesn't matter. It just doesn't. And my kids need to be happy, healthy, and I want them to just always see me as their safe haven.
1: That's so beautiful. I think, honestly, that's, that's probably the best way to end this episode. Don't stress the little things. Um, You said a lot of beautiful things today, but I think that really does, you know, wrap it up for us. And yeah, I want to make sure that everybody who's listening on here can find you and, and be able to capture more value from you. Um, Where can they find you on, on social
0: media or any other platform? Um, I do have an Instagram that I am planning to be more um, active on. It's crystalbeauty78. It's just 78. is just like some random number because <laughs> Crystal Beauty was taken. I might even change it, but that's me. Crystal Alvarado, if you want to find me. Um, that's pretty much, I think, the only social media I really use. So if you want to look for me, that's where I'm at.
1: Awesome. And you do also have a podcast out there. I do want to make sure that folks can listen.
0: Um, Yeah. What is your podcast and where can they find that? So the podcast that I started is about spooky, scary, ghost stories, paranormal stuff, true crime, sometimes conspiracy theory, all that. So the name is Las Brujas and Friends because we have we interview people so the and friends is interviewing people las brujas means the witches i have a co-host we call ourselves the witches
1: that. <laughs> oh that's so cool i'm all about true crime and mostly like documentaries like everything mm-hmm. going on with epstein and stuff right now like i'm all over that all those documentaries on netflix and hulu that's what i binge watch so <laughs> i'm gonna have to take a listen to your podcast right after this <laughs> But yeah, Crystal, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, I really do appreciate you opening up about, you know, mental health and your journey, but then also finding the light at the end of the tunnel Um, and also motherhood as well, because that's something that I don't think that's talked about enough. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having
0: me. It was great being here.
1: Thank you so much for lending me your time today. If you found a moment of Zen through this episode, I kindly ask that you leave a review on iTunes so that this message might reach more people. For daily positivity and to join a community of awesome humans, follow us on Instagram at The Positive AF.